Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. This is the place where we sit down with some of our friends and talk about how God wants to use us to lead the women in our community to be better mothers, wives, and children of God. I'm your host, Kelly Jordan, and our guest today is Wendy Pope. Wendy is the founder and president of Word Up Ministries. She speaks internationally at women's conferences, retreats, and leadership events, and she is the author of several books, Wait and See, Finding Peace in God's Pauses and Plans, Hidden Potential, Revealing What God Can Do Through You, her newest called Jesus Everlasting, Leaning on Our Counselor, Defender, Father, and Friend, and the book we're going to focus on today, Yes, No, and Maybe, Living with the God of Immeasurably More. Welcome to the podcast, Wendy. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, I've been excited. I've been looking forward to talking to you. Would you tell us a little bit about you and maybe a little bit about your work, the things that you have out in the world that our listeners are going to want to engage with? Sure. I'll be glad to. Um, I have been married to, um, I call him the man of my dreams for 31 years. Scott and I met at our church when we were young, married when we were out of college and uh, we have two grown children, a 25-year-old daughter and a 22-year-old, almost 23-year-old son. That's really hard to believe. Mm-hmm. And we live in what, I guess, the suburbs of Charlotte, North Carolina. We have a little brown Boykin Spaniel that has been the queen of our castle for 14 years. <laughs> and we love her. Um, so I am an everyday ministry, uh, other than the ministry of my home, which that's where that's where our mission field is moms, um, regardless of how old our children are, but I've always loved being at home with my family, but I have the opportunity and great privilege of having ministry in my home through word up. We, um, are an international ministry and we teach through the one year chronological Bible every single day. And we've been, I've been teaching through the Bible since 2009 and this very particular Bible and then um, we became a nonprofit in 2019. So you can find out all about that, wordupministries.org. The course is free and the teachings are new every single day because the word of God is alive and active and it's always teaching us new truths. So um, that's a little bit about who I am. Well, and we will put that link um, in our show notes so that okay, great. can find you and find out a little bit more about Word Up Ministries. Today, our conversation is really going to focus on your book, Yes, No, Maybe, Living Uh with the God of Immeasurably More. Uh, But before we get started, I believe that you are working right now on a companion, or you called it a cousin. I am. Can you tell us about that? Yes. You know, our first cousins are most closely related to us by DNA, but there are some differences, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I call, um, it's called the 320 Life the life you always wanted and wondered how to have. I call it the cousin to yes, no, and maybe. It's more of like the Reader's Digest version. If also, um, and I zero in on the main points of the book, yes to God, no to self, and maybe to others. It has video teachings. When you buy the book, you get the videos for free. There'll be a QR code, just scan it in. And so I'm super, super excited about it. It it just, the truths in this book, and you and I will dig um, 
uh, deeper into them in a little bit, but the truth of this book um, really have been woven into my spiritual DNA um, since my children were young. And um, that's why I'm excited to talk to all moms, but especially those moms that are young and are struggling with how do I balance a healthy spiritual life with also taking care of my family. Um, so hopefully that convert that that will carry into our conversation as you and I continue today. I know that this yes, no, and maybe message, it's like you said, one that's been on your heart since the very beginning of your ministry and probably even before your official right. ministry. So can you yeah. tell us where it originated for you and how it's yeah. developed? Yes, I'll be glad to. When I started speaking and in ministry before, prior to starting Word Up Ministries, I was working with a larger international ministry and we were, I was part of a speaker team and we were, uh, we went through training, speaker training and all. And they said, okay, now you need to come up with four messages at least that we can put out there on your bio sheet and all of this other language that I did not understand, but I just went along because that's what they told me to do. And so honestly, I just kind of fell into this, this whole speaking thing, this whole writing thing. I'm an elementary ed major. I taught fourth grade. I wanted to be a wife, a mother and a teacher mm -hmm. and God, you know, he's just so cool about expanding the gifts that he gives us in our territories. And so I just begin reading the Bible and Lord, I'm supposed to make up these four messages and I don't even know how to do this. And you're just going to have to show me. And I was sitting down preparing. I remember exactly where I was sitting. It was what I referred to as my Jesus chair. It's where I met with the Lord every single day. And that chair is long gone, but I was sitting there and I was preparing for either my second or my, my first or second speaking engagement that was not on this topic, by the way, it was on something completely different. And just as clearly as I am speaking to you right now, I heard yes to God, no to self, maybe to others. And I wrote it down because I thought, well, that's, that's pretty clever. I like that. Let me, you know, I don't know what that means. And honestly, Kelly, it wasn't years. It was years until I knew what that meant. And um, just, it took me um, into Paul's life. I started studying Paul's life and uh, writing about Paul's life. And then it was not until I started publishing, getting ready to pitch this book to a publisher. And I was sitting at my, um, I was sitting in my uh, agent's home. These phrases came back and I was like, wow, I get it. You know? So um, I didn't understand at the time this is what God had brought me through in my life and our journey together from the time I wrote them down that morning in the Jesus chair to the time I was at my friend's, my agent's home, that I had truly been being trained in these spiritual principles of saying yes to God above everything else, learning to say no to ourselves. And moms, we know how to do that. We do it sometimes begrudgingly and, you know, but we do it because we, we sacrifice, we have to for our families and dad sacrifice too. I don't want to throw them, you know, out with right. bathwater or anything, but, and then once you learn those disciplines of yes to God above all else, no to myself, in other words, put others first, 
not just your family. There is this beautiful harmony that comes between the two of those with this maybe to others. It gives you, you're living in a freedom that you didn't even know how, how you got there, but oh my goodness, I feel okay to say maybe to someone. I feel okay to say no to someone. Um, confidently, this doesn't fit in my schedule. This is not in my skill set. My favorite part of the book is the last three chapters when it deals with that maybe because it brings us to a place of freedom that we all long to live in. The freedom that Jesus died to give us is wrapped up in this. At the very beginning of the book, you kind of start out with this idea that we often wonder, you know, how can we have more? And right. even if we're okay with what we have, even mm -hmm. if we are, are happy where we are, we still often wonder, is this as good as it gets? Yes. So was there a time in your life where you asked yourself that question and yes. how did you move forward from it? Yes. Yes. Um, I did. Uh, the, that line is not mine. I borrowed it from, from a movie. I do remember sitting in church. Uh, let me just give you a little history. I was born, not physically born in church, but I was there the whole nine months I was pregnant. And very shortly afterwards, my family was part of starting a church. My mom was the first woman baptized in the chapel. So I was there when they built the chapel. So I, I was there, always there. Right. Um, I remember walking down the aisle, accepting Jesus as my savior. I remember having the conversation with my, my pastor. I remember all of these things. So I came from the background of salvation. Um, I have a huge history of salvation in my family, a great heritage of it. Um, very, very blessed. So I grew up in all of this. You know, when you're 18, you get to sing in the choir, you wear the robe, you get to hold a little black folder. You can't do that before you're 18. You can sing in youth choir, but we don't have robes in youth choir. You know, those little things, there's handbells, there's girls in action GAs, there's, you know, all of this. I did oh, it Oh, it sounds like we may have grown up in the same church. <laughs> <laughs> but we were there, you know, youth, my whole life, I was there and um, taught it in, in early college of praying specifically for the person you would want to marry. So I, I was blessed with all of this. Um, then I wanted to have children and that would be the next step after we got married. And it took us a little while to, to, for, for that to happen for us, but we were able to have children. And I'm telling you, Kelly, I had the van with the two doors that opened down the side and the TV in it and on the cul-de-sac where everybody got out with their kids and the sidewalk chalk and the balls and all of that. We played out there. Um, and I remember going, really, this is it mm -hmm. sitting in church, fully immersed in everything that was going on in my life, greatly appreciated, appreciative of how I was blessed, loving my life and knowing how blessed I am. I look and I think, gosh, how could I be ungrateful with a statement such as, is this as good as it gets? But the good as it gets, is this as good as it gets, comes from a longing that I really didn't even know I had. It was a more intimate relationship with Christ that went beyond filling blanks in for my weekly Bible study or singing in the choir or serving on the baptismal 
service committee or participating in the Lord's Supper and all of those numerous things that we do that are all good and right and are an outpouring of what God has done inside, yes, but there was something missing. And I had no idea what that was. Um, and at the time, there was a little bit of a storm in um, my perfect cul-de-sac home. Um, and uh, I share a little bit about this in the book, but my husband and I had one of those uh, intense moments of fellowships <laughs> where I had, <laughs> I had, you know, I had practiced in my head all of these things that I was going to say to him. I had them all rehearsed out. And when he came home late again, after I had cooked dinner, all of this, I went up and talked to him and said, you know, you don't act like you ever want to come home. And he said to me, you don't make our home a place I want to come home to. Hmm. Now, you know, the listener might be going, that was rude. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what? It, it Harsh, but it takes somebody that loves you to tell you the truth. I always say you need a mirror or a friend. And um, in that moment, those were hurtful words, but it, they were truthful words. So in that little perfect storm, and then this inside of me going, wait a minute, I'm doing all of these things. I'm doing all the things that are told have been taught to me my whole entire life that are supposed to fill me up. And I still am missing something. So between those two things, I began having an early morning quiet time with the Lord, not filling in my Bible study blanks so that when I go in, everybody will see that I'm a great spiritual person because I filled in all my answers. But I remember sitting in the dark with the Lord and going, okay, here I am. Let's, let's just do this thing, whatever it is, let's just do it. Just being completely surrendered. And honestly, there's, I'll just tell you truthfully, I wanted the Lord to work in my life, but I wanted the Lord to work in my life and then go over there at the same time and fix my husband. Right. And just a note to all the moms out there, the women who are married and at, you know, we cannot be our husband's Holy spirit. We cannot direct Holy Spirit to work in our husband's life. That's got to be between God and Holy Spirit. And we just need to pray for, lift up, encourage, edify, respect, and that way. It began that way. It began with this, the, you know, the, this perfect storm and then this knowing. And I believe this is God, how God works in our lives, Kelly, is he woos us. He calls us. He pursues us through life's circumstances. And um, I sat down with him and it was many, 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 many mornings, um, <laughs> there in the dark of just conversations of, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. And I felt really embarrassed because before the Lord, because I've been in church my whole entire life. I took notes in church. I had stacks of prayer journals, stacks of them, of prayer journals, yet I could not sit down in the quiet of in dark of the morning and start a conversation with God and know how to intimately approach him. And that's when it all began for me. Um, this was before ministry. This was before those three phrases. This was before all of this was just me, God, dark room. My husband says our home is not a place he wants to come home to. I wanted to make our, our home a place that anyone wanted to come in my husband, especially, and my children, I wanted them to grow up there in love and admiration, admonition of the Lord. Right. Well, so 
you learned in a very difficult way that had to have been a really hurtful thing, but like you said, a really important thing in a hurt, you learned in this kind of harsh way that um, all of the activity, all of the tasks, even the ministry tasks, they're not going to get to you to what is good. And maybe yeah. that's where your very first phrase comes in that we're saying yes to God, that that's what gets us to the good. And it, exactly. And it's not just, it's not yes to every opportunity. I want everyone to hear that. It's yes to God. It's if God says to do this or through spirit leads us to do a certain thing for a certain person, for example, okay, so I went to get my hair done and I uh, was trying to get my hair colored and my girl did a really good job and I was so excited and I go to the bathroom to wash my hair, wash my hands and everything. The bathroom's a mess and I'm sitting there in complete judgment of the bathroom. Like, I can't believe that this is this salon this is nasty and I hear spirit say then clean it like nice. yeah but they uh, I'm not doing that because they have people to do that obviously they're not working today and haven't been in a while but I'm telling you I could not leave the bathroom until I cleaned it I did not do it with a happy heart and a cheerful disposition <laughs> but by the time I finished I was thinking, wow, the next person that comes in here is going to feel really good. It's going to smell good. It's going to look good. Um, and apparently my attitude was not good enough for the Lord because I got to do it twice. Um, that's what I mean. Were you more willing the second time? Did yes, you I was. There you go. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. And honestly, if he told me to do it again, I would do it. Because the yes to God creates trust in God. It allows me to trust God, but it also shows God that he can trust me with more and greater assignments um, and with more of himself. Like, why would you want to have someone involved in your life and pour your life out into them if they're not going to respond positively to you? None of us would want that. And why would God, we expect God to be any less. Why would we just be takers from God instead of also givers? And God needs to see that. And, um, and I learned that. And now it's, it's a joy. I still don't always obey with a happy heart and cheerful disposition. I wish I could say I did, but I don't. I, I, I respond yes with a, a lot more quickly um, now but it gets to be, it's gotten to be Kelly, where it's just, um, it's like, there's this secret between me and God. He asked me to do things and he and I hang out, we have fun and I do it. And a lot of times people don't even know. Right. And it's so, it is the best relationship ever. It goes beyond, it goes beyond Calvary. That's what happens is I believe the believer has missed out on so much because we left everything at the foot of the cross and we ended it with Calvary and the empty tomb. If that's all there was to salvation and to a life filled with abundancy, um, like Jesus taught us in John 10, 10, then he would have taken us immediately when we accepted him as savior, he would have just brought us home. But instead, he wants to be in relationship and fellowship with us and, and, and let us be part of what he's doing in and around this world to the people that are lost and lonely and hurting and broken. 
So it starts with that. It's more than just yes to salvation, but it's yes in everything. Well, and that ability to hear when God is saying to you, do this little thing like clean the bathroom or this big thing in ministry, all mm-hmm. of that starts in your dark room yes. of where it's just you and God, yes. because you have to yes. get to where you hear his voice and recognize his voice and, exactly. and trust it and act upon it. So it all starts with that dark room with just it, you it, and God. It being God. And I love devotion books. Um, I love, uh, anything that is, you know, helps me and prompts me, but, um, I didn't have a devotion book at that time. I I mean, I had them. I didn't have them in my lap. It was me in the dark with the Lord. And eventually um, I started in Psalm, Psalm one. And, um, that's where I started really reading the Bible word for word. And then eventually I got to where I read the whole Bible and, you know, years later started word up, but that's where it starts. And that's for me was the biggest surrender as a mom of young children. My babies were little. Um, My son had a milk allergy we didn't know about. So we were not sleeping at our house. And I'm like, seriously, Lord, did you see that? I? And this is a conversation I had. I don't even know why he wanted to talk to me, but I would say, I just got to sleep. I'm exhausted. Then I heard the little whisper. I created time. I hold time in my hands. Who do you think you're talking to here? <laughs> right. And so I, I, it, then it just got to be to where it's the greatest thing ever. I get up still every morning. It's dark. I have said for years, I need to see Jesus before I see my people. That's where it starts. And there's no greater gift than you could give your children, no matter how old they are, than an example of a mom, right. a wife who is committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when my children would wake up and come and find me and know where I am, they, you know, they would know where I was. They, even to this day, my son still lives with us. He knows where I am. My husband knows where I am. My dog knows where I am. Um, And there's not a greater gift when your kid knocks on the door and said, mom, is it okay if I come in? Absolutely come in. Mm -hmm. They know where you are. So it starts with that. It starts with that. Yes. To God. And it cultivates trust in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you go on and you talk about no, and no to self. And Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe this is the the place that a lot of us don't really want to hang out no, <laughs> really, but it seems like it's also one of the most powerful parts. It is. is, it is the, so tell us a little bit about is. that. Well, no, um, invites revelation. Yes. cultivates trust mm-hmm. and no invites revelation. And as I said, I wrote these phrases down and I had no idea what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I had no idea that when, I brought all the pieces together that I had been living them, but the revelation is not the last book in the Bible (laughs) and it's not necessarily revealing who God is. It's revealing who we are. That's where we don't want, that's why we don't want to hang out there. Right. Because we see ourselves as we really are. Saw myself as the woman who had an anger issue because I put my foot through the wall. I got so mad in my home. Mm. I got mad 
um, slamming, passive aggressive behavior, all of this anger was revealed to me. I, you remember I told you I was the one that was over here wanting to spend some time with Jesus while God fixed my husband because he was the problem here, not right. me. Oh, no, we need to come face to face. Like I said, you need a mirror or a friend in life or both. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is that through the power of the Holy Spirit and the word is the friend and the mirror and beginning to see ourselves as we truly are is hard. It reveals when we start putting ourselves in God's word every single day, we, the revelation comes, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I am a mess. I need the Lord. I have an anger issue. I'm passive aggressive. I've got roots of bitterness in my heart because of things that have been going on in my home. And I've not spoken about them. I've not communicated them well to my husband. Part of this problem is mine. I need to own those 13 words. And by the way, I will say my husband wants people to know when I say that phrase that we hold hands every night when we go to sleep. So we've, we've ironed that out. Right. You've worked (laughs) through it. We've worked through it. But anyways, so the, the note to self is where people, where the believer is going to stop because we don't want to face of ourselves of who we truly are. And we have to remember we are, as, as we are saved, we are the righteousness of God. He who became, he who was without sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So when God looks at us, he sees us as holy. He sees the blood of Jesus covering us because God can't be in the presence of unholiness, unholiness and holiness cannot unite. They cannot be in the same space together. So what he is doing in these moments or in my life and and those that go on this journey, he is revealing those parts of our lives that don't fit into the description that he wrote for us. And that description and, and that design that we have is back in Genesis. We were designed to be in his image. So our God's image is love. Well, look at the characteristics, love, joy, peace, patient, kindness, goodness, gentleness, kindness, and self faithfulness and self-control. That's the image that we were created to be, to bear. We are image bearers. And um, so he's peeling back the onion. If you want to use that analogy of the piece by piece of the things that don't fit into the design, why would we want to be somebody that we were never meant to be? Mm-hmm. Why would we not allow that? We allow allow our stylist to color our hair, to give us a new hairstyle. We put on makeup each day. Um, We want to have clothes that fit nicely. We want to, you know, those kinds of things. So we're looking at a physical image of who we are. Why would we not want the creator who created us to have his way with us? You know, um, and here's why there's a rub against that design. There's it's a sandpaper because it's that design against the design of the world and what the world tells us we should be, how we should be, how, how we should act. They don't go together. It's sandpaper. But I will say this. If you, when you make it through this design, through this phase, excuse me, through this principle, mm-hmm. you get on the other side to that freedom. You will always welcome the no. 
You will want the no. You will want, Lord, I don't want anything but you. If there is anything in me that is not of you, get it out. I have tasted and seen that you are good. And I don't want any part of that old me. I don't want to, I don't want to speak like that person. I don't want to look like that person. I don't want to act like that person. You will embrace it. But you've got to go through the hardest parts to get to that place of freedom. Right. The best is yet to come always with God, always with. So it's worth it. It's hard work. It's not easy. And, and let me add too, while we're in this middle of this conversation, this is cyclical. This isn't one, two, three. I'm a super Christian. Look at me. This is a lifestyle. You're going to always be faced with no's to yourself. God's hopefully you're always seeking revelation from him into how you could be more like him, that sanctification, that big churchy word process. Right. And you're always going to be having opportunities to say yes to him. So when we get the, the, the yes part, we say yes to God and we're saying no to ourselves. you talked about it a little bit at the very beginning that that leads us into this freedom, it this does. freedom to say maybe or even to say no yes, <laughs> to it, other things. Yeah, um, maybe, yeah, maybe welcomes freedom with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you talk about that a little bit? I feel like the the yes to God and the no to self, although they aren't easy to do at all, mm-hmm. um, I understand that. But help me with the maybe, help us understand how maybe welcomes freedom. This is my favorite part of the book, but it's also the most difficult to, express Mm -hmm. because it truly is something that rises up in you based on the decision the prior two decisions Mm -hmm. um let me give you an example we have uh when my children were little they were involved in this program called awanas we took our children to that faithfully and um my son as I said, he he had milk allergies when he was little, and then he had ear problems, and it was compounded. He had lots of difficulties and struggles through his life, and about the time he was starting Awanas, he was starting school, and we um, recognized right away, okay, he has an attention issue, Um, so we need to really kind of work through some intervention and see what we can do to help him, Um, then we went into first grade and realized how way far behind he was. So, okay. So now we have, we've had this hearing issue. We've had this attention issue that we've been working on. Um, and then now we're learning, okay, he's got a learning problem. Um, so five days a week, he went to school, set still against his every nature in him learning Bible, he went to Christian school. So we were learning Bible verses there. We were doing homework. We were all of that regimen, all of that sitting still, everything. And then on Sunday mornings, we would go to church and we were, what were we doing? We were putting him back in a situation where he's had to sit still, not one, but two hours. And then Sunday nights, what were we doing? We were bringing him back to that for Awanas. I just as clearly, again, like I said, I haven't heard the Lord audibly, but I just felt the release of the spirit to take Griffin to Awanas. 
do you know how hard that is <laughs> Right. when you are taking your one child and you're not bringing your other one anymore mm-hmm. as moms, all these questions that come up, well, where is someone, where is so-and-so? Why isn't he coming anymore? We sure miss him. You know, that kind of question we miss him. Like, where is he kind of thing? And my husband and I just made the decision not to take him anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. The condemnation that we felt upon ourselves, not nobody made us, well, a lot of people asked right. and we sometimes borrow people's, we, we take on ourselves what they are saying, but they really are not saying that. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying that there was this whole conspiracy against us at our church. What I'm saying is, is we felt this, the eyes looking at us and it's like the questions and everything, but we lived in the freedom that we could say no to that for him. Mm-hmm the best thing in the world, the best thing in the world for him. But we made that critical decision. The old me would have pushed him, would have made him do it, would have just, I mean, we would, you know, bribed him and, or punished him for not, you know, sitting still or what, you know what I mean? Right. Whatever I had to do to make it work, to fit into the narrative of the world, the Christian world, even, mm-hmm. but instead of the freedom to go, yeah, this doesn't work for us. And not really even explain it to anyone and be okay with it. That's just with a fam- my family situation. But then, then you gain this um, spiritual confidence. I, I like to call it that where, okay, I'm not going to do Bible study at church this semester. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I can read my Bible on my own without a video each week. You know, and it's like, we feel like we have to go, well, this is why I got this. We have to give all these excuses. But this gives you the spiritual discipline of solitude. It gives you a spiritual confidence of my communication and relationship and what I do and what I don't do is with me and the Lord. Mm -hmm. And if someone else doesn't understand or excuse me, I don't really care that they don't understand. Right. And it doesn't bother me that I don't care that they don't understand. That's where you get. Right. That's the freedom. (laughs) It's the freedom. And it's not like I'm, you know, turning my nose up at someone. Mm -hmm. I'm not being snarky about it. I'm living in the freedom that Jesus gave, gave me and working in the area. And I go into spiritual gifts, working in the area of my giftedness. And before I say yes to anything, um, I can look at my schedule. I can look at my people. I can look at my commitments and go, yeah. That's not going to work. That's a great opportunity. And thanks for thinking of me, but I'm not able to do that at this time. Also, what happens, Kelly, is when you get to this place, you have a, you have a different vision on your life and you realize being part of everything is not important. You're able to then schedule and commit your life, your children, your finances, things that you um, can be involved in, and then things that you, that's not going to work. And this is a beautiful, beautiful place to live. This is where everybody wants to get to. They want to skip right over all the other things. And here's the thing. This is the lie that we believe that this is the way Christianity is supposed to be without a commitment. Our relationship with Christ is supposed to be this way and everything's supposed to work together, hunky or dory, without any commitment on my part. 
No, that's not true either. Jesus himself had to obey the father. Right? So why would I consider myself any greater than Jesus? If Jesus obeyed, I should be obeying. If Jesus denied himself, I should be denying myself. Jesus lived in full freedom of that. That is what we're supposed to be living in. And it's just a beautiful way to live. We no longer, and this sounds a little harsh when it comes out, but there's really not another way to say it. So I'm saying it as nicely as I can. We don't care if someone is not happy with our decisions anymore. Right. It, it, they don't shape us. They don't condemn us right. because this is the best decision that my father and I made here. Mm-hmm. And, and then we are free. We're so free to use and to spend our resources, our time, our talents in the best way possible that fits in with our families. And, and the beautiful thing about this is I li- I'm living these and have watched my children grow and they still fit into the narrative of my commitment, but it morphed into, they grew up and are growing out, but my parents then entered into a space where my children left. So it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, like I said, way to live because it ushers in all the different seasons beautifully. Once you set these principles in your life, Every season and every um, different part of your things that happen in your life will work beautifully in this same way of living. There was, was there stress in the moments? Yes, of course there was. Mm -hmm. Was there time where it wasn't very, you know, um, organized? Yes. There was never a time where I didn't have peace. That's the difference. Right. It's, it's my, it's the way that we were set up to live from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Am I sinful? Absolutely. Do I fall short of the glory of God every day, but I can live in the freedom that I'm forgiven. I can live in the freedom of grace, mercy, love that comes without measure, limitless from the Lord. And he is they're with me at all times in all spaces and all places. And uh, that's why I believe of all the books that I've written, this message, even though, even though I wrote one about Jesus that I absolutely love, this message is crucial to the believer that wants to live fully in, in Christ. Right. Not any less saved if I don't live that way. Let me point that out too. Is just because you're like, oh gosh, that's too hard. You're, we're not going to be unsaved. Right. We're just not going to live the life he died to give us. And that's sad. It is. Yeah. I'd like to wrap up with some practical advice, maybe. So what can we do right now? Maybe just Mm -hmm. two or three. Well, I'm not going to count. So whatever. Um, What can we do right now (laughs) to help move us forward towards this immeasurably more life? Make sure that you're having time with the Lord every single day. Start with five minutes. Mm-hmm. you've got five minutes he is the creator of time the holder of time and he knows what you've got to do on your list and I promise you you'll get that list done and if you don't I promise you it won't matter right <laughs> 
somehow in the economy of God, putting him first, giving him first fruits of your day, it does not matter. I don't know how to explain it. It will not matter. So commit to that. That's the number one, first and foremost thing I can do that I can and offer. And, and then in that, if you're in a place where you feel overwhelmed, um, you've committed too much, um, don't leave this conversation today and go, oh, well, this girl I listened to said, I need to just get rid of everything that I've committed to. And I, no, 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 no. Because you also, there is a, a, a um, very clear theme throughout scripture of finishing well. Whatever you're doing, whatever commitments that you have, finish those well. And then before committing to something else, truly sit with the Lord, sit with your calendar, sit with your gifts and say, is this something that I need to continue? Because we may be really gifted in an area, but whatever we're asked to do or be a part of whatever we even maybe even long to be a part of doesn't fit with the rest of the narrative of our life at the time. Well, my husband always says, just because you can do it does not mean you should do it. Well, exactly. Because we're gifted and it fits in something that we love does not mean it's where we should be. Yes. Uh, absolutely. And Paul said, just because it's beneficial doesn't mean that it's something you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Evaluate. So those are practically two things right there. Start in the word. Um, and if you don't even know where to start, just sit down for five minutes and say, God, I have no idea how this day is going to unfold. I have no idea how I'm going to get done. What all's got to get done, but I'm going to acknowledge you as, as the head of who I am the chief organizer, you know, my CEO, direct my path, help me and, and help me experience you in the moment. So I will, I can follow where you're leading. And then when, as that time grows, just begin to ask him, what in my life do I need to finish well and not start again? And what part of my life, um, is there something that you want me to do that I'm not doing? Very, those are two very simple things. That's great. Well, thank you for those, that practical advice to get us started anyway, but um, I'm going to ask you in just a minute to pray for our listeners to close us sure. out. But before that, I just want to remind everyone that they can find more about you at windypope.org. They can find all kinds of free content on your blog, plus some fun lock screens that are there and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. They can find your books wherever they like to find books. Um, the book we focused on today was Yes, No, and Maybe. But your newest book is called Jesus Everlasting, mm-hmm. Leaning on Our Counselor, Defender, Father, and Friend. And right. I just started reading that. And so I can't wait to invite you back to talk about that book a little bit. I would love that. That was quite intimidating because I remember when we got to that, the, you know, the Lord brought me to that topic of immeasurable, I mean, uh, Isaiah 9, 6, um, mighty, uh, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. I was like, Jesus, you want me to write about you? You know, it's like, because I've written about Paul and David and Moses, but um, it was really, I love that book because it, that I joined Jesus with four women and in the old Testament, uh, new Testament. And it's just, it was fun. I I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I want to turn it over to you. um, If you have any last word of encouragement for our listeners, and we'd love for you to pray for us today. Well, I just want to encourage everyone that's listening that there is one person that's for you and there is one person that's completely against you. And 
the person that's for you is God. He sent his son to die for you. There's no greater love than that. And the enemy is um, Satan is out to get you. Just, I'm just calling it like it is. Mm -hmm. And he wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your marriage because he wants to make a mockery of anything that God has called good and that God created. Be in the word, be a woman of prayer, pray over your children, go in there, even when they're adults, pray over them. I think it's harder to be the parent of an adult child than a, <laughs> I thought the biggest thing was potty training and tying shoes and teaching how to read. Boy, was I, <laughs> I was misled. I, I was totally blind to what that was going to be like. So don't stop praying for your children, but mm -hmm. um, get in the word chase God as hard as you're chasing anything harder than you're chasing anything that the world says is beautiful. Um, he will never, ever let you down for sure. And he's got all the answers that you need. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to pray for every mom right now that's struggling. Um, the mom of the baby that's on her hip right now, and she's making lunch for the toddler, cutting up the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and pouring the juice in the juice box or the juice cup and all this working so hard to make sure that the food is healthy and organic and not full of chemicals and all the things that moms have to be concerned about. And then the mom that's worried about driver's ed or the one that's worried about the braces getting on their children or dating and the jobs that are coming for their children in college. And we never stop being a mom, never stop being a mom. And so I just lift every mom up, Lord, and just pray that they um, we'll be seekers of you. You are the answer. You are our source. You are our reservoir of endless mercy, grace, love, forgiveness, wisdom, knowledge, all the things that we need to, to have in order to be the mom that our children need. And Lord, I'm just praying for dads that might be listening as well. The home is the center of um, the genesis of where you want joy to be and love to be and faithfulness to be and our enemy wants to destroy the home and so i pray for strong dads i pray for um, the work of their hands to be profitable that they will be courageous and lead strong in the faith so just surround all the families that are represented that are listening now thank you for kelly for mock's ministry for the longevity of MOPS and what it has meant over the decades and will continue to mean, Lord, and just bless it and further its message as it seeks to encourage moms of all ages to have a stronger faith. We ask all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Wendy. You are very welcome. Thanks for having me.